0: So, we're in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. If you want to get a head start here, Daniel chapter 10. Some great apps for you to help you. One of our core practices is daily devotions. Reading scripture is a good thing. Uh, something that will really help you is the Uversion app and also um, Bible Hub. I use both of those every single day. You'll find our daily devotion that we use on Uversion. That's a, where you can pick that up. Well, we have. Uh, Last week, we started with a vision day, and we came with this word, inconvenient faith. That's our word for 2022 that God has given us as a church, inconvenient faith, that convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. Turn to somebody and tell them, convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. There's no, and, and following Jesus is not going to be easy. There's m- many other things that are going to be pressing for you to do. And it's never going to be convenient. Was it convenient even to come into his house today? Can I get an amen? Some of you parents are so tired right now. You're like, I can't even say amen right now. I'm just so exhausted. Why couldn't we got gotten six inches? My kids are so angry now. They're just angry children. There was no snowman to build. We have the most miserable snowfall in Oklahoma ever, don't we? We get like nothing. They call it a dusting. What does that even mean? Does anybody like dusting? No one likes dusting, but I digress. So our word is inconvenient faith and convenient Christianity is the enemy of our soul. And so throughout 2022, we're gonna be pressing into our eight core practices, which are anything but convenient. In fact, last week we joked out they really the eight inconvenient practices. And so we're gonna start with one of them and we're gonna be looking at prayer. Persistent prayer is one of our core practices. And we're gonna talk about during this next series, the title of the series is Inconvenient Prayer. It's never an easy time to pray. And so in Daniel chapter 10, I wanna talk about praying, praying for presence, praying for presence. So Daniel is, if you're new to scripture, Daniel is this prophet. In the Old Testament, probably, well, he's definitely one of the greatest prophets in all of Scripture. And this is, we're going to look at this entire book throughout this series. So each week we'll be digging into a different chapter in in Daniel. Today in Daniel chapter 10, and it says, In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, which is his wrestling name. (laughs) You look at that name, you're like, I'm glad we call him Daniel. I'm glad we call him Daniel. He had another vision. So Daniel had a lot of different visions that God gave him. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, because he's writing this letter, this book, I had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine, crossed my lips, and I, and I used no fragrant lotions until these three weeks had passed. Then on April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. Listen to this. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flame like torches. Woo! His arms and feet like polished bronze. His voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision, but this is so funny. I think Daniel's just messing with the guys that were with him. He's like, I'm going to write about you. I'm going to tell the world about you. So the guys that were with me, uh, they saw nothing, but they were terrified. They ran away to hide. You know, his buddies are like, thanks. Thanks for writing that down. Appreciate that. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deeply pale. I felt weak. Then I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted. And I lay there with my face to the ground. That is your reaction when God shows up. Your reaction is to face plant. When you understand the glory, the majesty, and the magnitude of God, and this is just one of his angels coming, representing God. But just then, this is is what God does. This is who our God is. As frightening as that event was, As frightening as it is to stand in the presence of God, a hand touched me, lifted me up, still trembling to my hands and knees. The man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven, and I have come in answer to your prayer. I want to talk to you about praying for presence. Let's pray together. God, in this this moment that we have just to share in your scriptures, we're so thankful that we have this gift. And we're going to try to understand. We're going to try to hear what you have to say. And so, church, what I want to ask you to do right now is just ask God, just ask him to talk to you and be open to what he has to say. Father, thank you for the moments we have in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Okay, you can be seated. Well, I think everybody's got their favorite viral video from 2021. You know, the, the one where you say, oh, you got to see this. You got to see this. Isn't that, that's kind of the phrase we use with everything. You ever feel like you're missing out on like, you know, because everybody's like, you got to see this video. But I've got one that you've got to see this. My favorite video, viral video from 2021 was of a jogger that was attacked by a cougar. I, I don't that sounds terrible, I know, but he, did, he didn't get hurt, okay, that's the good news, he didn't get hurt, uh, but if you, did, if you didn't see this video, you gotta see it, and so to spare you, because I know some of you are like getting out your phone right now, you're running to YouTube, and you're gonna try to watch it while I'm preaching, don't do that, don't do that, I'm gonna show you part of it, okay, so this guy, he's just jogging along in the mountains in Utah, you know, having a good time, having a good brisk jog, and he stumbles upon a cougar and her cubs. And when he does, this cougar begins to stalk him. And he's trying to get away from the cougar, but he can't get away from the cougar. And then the cougar lunges at him to attack him. The video is like six minutes long. Uh, We've edited it for reasons. Uh, He uses some descriptive language, shall we say. It's uh, not appropriate for church, uh, but I watched this video, and I'm just going to go on record as saying that this preacher, I would be calling on the name of Jesus, and I would be using every word that he used as as well. <laughs> I'm just telling you, a cougar is going to kill me. I I you know i it's going to be a lot happening there. So this is crazy. So this is just a short, real short version part of it. Just wa- watch this. This is this is crazy. Dude, you're scary. You're a scary kitty cat. No, go away. Go away. No. No. Woo! Ha! Oh my goodness. That pretty much describes 2021, doesn't it? Right there in a nutshell. Like, rah! You're a scary kitty. Go away. Go away. But isn't that life? Like you're jogging along. Everything's going great. Nice little workout. Life's good. And then out of nowhere, life just hits you. Uh, Unexpected chaos. Unexpected... Uh, discouragement, unexpected pain, uh, unexpected confusion, unexpected conflict hits you out of nowhere. And, and as we look into 2022, none of us are naive enough to think that there's not unexpected coming. I mean, you know, we don't want it. We want to pretend like it's not going to happen, but come on, we, we have hindsight, right? I mean, we had unexpected circumstances and unexpected pain this last year, the year before that, the year before that, the year before that. So something unexpected is, is coming. And we, we don't have the ability to look into the future and see what that is. Wouldn't it be great if you could? Well, Daniel could. God gave him these unique visions where he could see into the future. And what we see here in Daniel chapter 10 is he saw a time of hardship and struggle coming for the nation of Israel and the other nations around them, and it shook him. It messed him up. Look, look back at verse 2. Verse 2 says, When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in what? He'd been in mourning for three whole weeks. Now, to put the word mourning in perspective, you got to look ahead in the story to verse 16 and 17, where he says he was, it filled him with anguish. He was weak. His strength was gone. He, he could hardly breathe. Can I just tell you that it brings me a strange confidence to know that, that, that Daniel struggled? Because Daniel is this great prophet of Scripture, but as, as followers of Jesus, I think so often we don't have permission to struggle. I turn to somebody and say, you have permission to struggle. Come on, tell somebody next to you, you have permission to struggle. Like you've got to act like everything's okay all the time. A couple months ago, I, I went to the, the dentist and uh, she did some work on my, my teeth and I was in the chair and, and she put one of those mouth guards, you know those things that do this? like this, and it's like this the whole time, you know, and then of course they got your mouth known at the same time. And so I had this thing and I had my head jack, like this, and all of a sudden I realized I had way too much coffee. <laughs> and it hit me. And I was like, oh, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not and I'm to tell the dentist, I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm, I gotta go farting. so uh she told me well we can't take the mouth guard out and you had to go through the lobby to get to the bathroom she said we got you we'll put a mask on you I said okay great so they put a mask on me and it's you know it's COVID anyway so everybody's thinking I'm just being ultra you know safe so I go walking through the lobby I'm like how's it going how's it going how's it going how's it going go and I go do what I need to do and then I'm washing my hands because that's what we do, right, people? We wash our... Men, men, it's not gone. We should wash our hands. Okay, that's just a free public service <laughs> announcement there. But I wash my hands, and I, and I look up. And did I, did I mention that, that uh, she had numbed my face? And, and I didn't feel it, uh, that, but there was drool, and it was dripping all all down. my. everyone in the lobby saw the, the drool going down the side of, of my neck. I think this is what we do. We, we, we try to mask our problems. We try to mask our problems and, and, and kind of give this impression that everything's okay. Everything's good when it's not good. Like, how you, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I just talked to somebody in the lobby and I said, Hey, how you doing? And he's like, Oh, good. How you doing? I'm doing good. When really things aren't, aren't good. Right? But we're, we're really good at, at hiding it. And Daniel, though, I love this. Daniel, one of the greatest prophets in all of Scripture. If anybody had permission and should probably hide his struggle, it's Daniel. But he doesn't hide his struggle. In fact, he goes into the season of mourning. Now, if you don't know anything about the Jewish custom and tradition of mourning, they would often tear their clothes. They would not groom themselves. Uh, many times would put ashes on their head. This was a very public display. And then not only that, he writes it down. Like he posts it online. I don't think you're going to be getting a whole lot of likes with that post right there. It's okay to not be okay. Encourage somebody around you and tell them it's okay if you're not okay. It's okay if you're not okay. 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 Now, hang, hang on. I, okay. I realize y- y'all got to work with me. I'll preach really long, if you. Don't. I need everybody to turn to somebody, and we need to encourage each other. This is why we're in the house. Turn to somebody and tell them it's okay that you're not okay. It's okay that you're not okay. Even the strongest believer struggles. Think of the person you know at core church and you know who it is and the strongest believer you know, and I know it ain't me. You're not even looking at this stage. You're like, I think it's Laura. I think it's Laura. It's not Brad. It's definitely Laura. No, it's her mom. It's her mom. No, it's Aunt Mary. It's one of those. Eliminating everyone on the front row. Think of the person you know in this church, in your core group that you go, man, they are so strong in their faith. Even they struggle. Even they have questions. Even they have doubts. And here we see that Daniel struggled. We, we all face problems, but how we process those problems makes all the difference. Because a lot of people process their problems in unhealthy ways. They process it through a drink or through a substance or a credit card or they 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 stuff it. But Daniel's response was to process it through prayer, through prayer and fasting. In fact, if if you've ever, how many of you have ever heard of the Daniel fast? Raise your hand if you've heard of the Daniel. So about 50% of us have heard of the Daniel fast. Okay. The Daniel fast, anytime you hear of 21 days of prayer and fasting, that's the Daniel fast. And it comes out of Daniel chapter 10. This is the story it comes out of. The Daniel was like, I'm not going to eat any of the choice foods. I'm only going to eat vegetables, maybe some fruit, and that's about it. So when you do a Daniel fast, that's what you're doing. You're basically saying, I'm going to knock off all the stuff I like, and I'm going to eat salad. That's what the Daniel fast is. and not that sound exciting? But that's what the Daniel fast is, and that, it comes out of this passage. And this next week, we're going into 22 days of prayer and fasting. So let me ask you this. What if you took those 22 days and you processed your problem with God? What if you took that time for that? Now, I, I realize you say, man, Brad, I... I've never fasted before in my entire life. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't even know if I can. I like to eat. Anybody? I like to eat. And, and, and I'm telling you, when I start thinking about fasting, I'm like, oh my goodness, okay. Uh. But listen, how much do you like your problem? Do you like eating or do you like your problem? I just want to encourage you to take these 22 days. What is it you're struggling with? What is it you're dealing with? What is it that you need an answer on? What is it you're seeking God for in your, in your life in this coming year? It might be a hope, a dream. It might be a conflict. It might be a resolution to something. I don't know what it is you need, but what if you took the next 22 days and you began to pray and fast about it? I can tell you this, fasting is inconvenient. Oh, right now you're like, I'm all in. I'm so I'm I'm doing one meal. Maybe you've never fasted before, and you're like, I'm gonna do one meal. I can promise you, when meal time comes up, you're gonna be like, I'll just start tomorrow. It'll be it's not working for me today. Cause it's inconvenient to fast. Why? Because inconvenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. So when you commit to fasting and you think, I'm just going to skip and I'm going to go ahead and eat, I want those words to ring in your head. Oh, wait a second. Convenient Christianity is the enemy of my soul. So here's Daniel, and he fasts for three weeks, but this is interesting. His problem didn't go away in three weeks. James Stockdale was a prisoner of war in Vietnam, and he said those who did not make it out of the prison camps were those who said, oh, we're going to be out by Christmas because Christmas would come and it would go. And that, oh, we're going to be out by Easter. And then Easter would come and go. And they said, oh, we're going to be out by Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving would come and go. And he said they, they died of a broken heart. Don't put a timeline on God. Don't put a timeline on God. Somebody needs to write that down. Don't put a timeline on. Say that with me. Don't put a timeline on God. It, it might be three weeks, it might be th- three months, it, it might be three years, it might be three decades. I, you just look at scripture. For, for Daniel, he, he's waiting, and, and you got, I mean, just David. We preached about David in the last six months. David gets this, this God says, you're going to be king 15 years. 15 years, running on the run in caves. Came 15 years before he ever sees the throne. Abraham gets this promise, you're going to have a son, your son, and I'm going to birth a nation out of you. He waited 20. Five years. God comes to Moses and says to Moses, you, my friend, you are the one that's gonna lead my people out of slavery. You're gonna lead them into the promised land. Come on, somebody, that's a good vision right now. That's the one we all want right there. I'm leading them to the promised land. That's the vision God's given me for 2022. I mean, we all, that's a great vision. But Moses had to wait 40 years, four decades I'm not even I don't think I'm gonna be alive in four decades some of y'all you're like in your 20s you're like oh my goodness I'm gonna be Brad's age <laughs> are, are we willing to wait and the question we asked is this how long how long should I pray how long do I need to pray that's what I love about these bracelets you pray until something happens You pray until something happens. Here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to grab one of those bracelets right now, okay? Some of you may already have it on, but I want you to grab one of those bracelets, okay? And I want you to hold on to it for a second. I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to hand them that bracelet and say, pray until something happens. And give them the bracelet. Turn to somebody, give them that bracelet and say, pray until something happens. How long do I pray? Until something happens. And that's what Daniel did. He's praying and then something happened. God showed up. It says, just then, verse 10, just then a hand touched me and lifted me up. God showed up and lifted him up. God is going to show up. And when he shows up, he will lift you up. God shows up, he touches you, he gives you strength, and he gives you power in that moment. He lifts you out of whatever you're in. He gives you hope, and he sets you upon a firm foundation. That's who our God is. That is who we follow, and this is what happened for Daniel. I love this. He says, I was still trembling, got up to my hands and my knees, and the man said this to me, Daniel, I'll say this with me. You are very precious to God. Turn to somebody and tell them, you are precious to God. You are, you're precious to God. Men, turn back to your ladies and tell them, you're precious to me too as well. You're very precious to me. You're welcome, that was free. Right now there's some guy turned to a single lady and goes, you're precious to me. Come on, girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Church is sometimes the best. Churches are way better than bars at picking up people. I'm just telling you. So God God doesn't give Daniel a solution to the problem. He gives him something greater, his presence. Write this down. God is present because I'm precious to God. God is present because I'm precious to God. You matter to him. He loves you. He sees you. He he cares about you. You matter. Like you're his kid. He thinks about you. And he's present and has not forgotten you. When we face, when we face any kind of problem, I think the greatest gift that God gives us is his presence. Because with his presence comes, comes his grace. When, when, when God this is what I love about, per- especially prayer and fasting. Whenever I'm fasting, there's always a moment when I'm fasting that, that God just shows up, and I don't even know how to explain how he shows up. I just, I just, He's just there, and he shows up tangibly in the way that I need him, and sometimes it's confidence. My confidence has just been rocked, and I just don't know which end is up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know if I'm the right guy. I don't know if this is this. I don't know what about this, and this is never going to happen, and whew, he breathes his confidence over me. And that's it's, it's his greatest gift, is his presence. That's when he shows up, he gives what we talk about all the time. He shows up with hope, he shows up with, with healing. Man, how many times are you broken that you've you've wounded someone, you've wounded yourself, you've, you've hurt God again, you've sinned again, and you're and in that moment, God. Breeze in is healing over you. He brings this peace. Like, how many times are you lost and you're confused? It's 2022. I'm not anywhere near where I thought I would be. I don't know what dream. I had this dream. That's a broken dream. It's not happening. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. What am I doing? I don't know which end is up. And whoo, God sweeps in with his purpose. And says, your life has meaning and value. And I will use you for my purposes and my plans, because you matter to him. I like what Daniel said in, in verse 18 about it. He said, I felt my strength returning. Turn to somebody and tell them God's going to renew your strength. God's going God's to renew your strength. God is going to renew your strength. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and during the Montgomery uh, bus boycott, he was incredibly discouraged. I've read his autobiography and I didn't realize how discouraged, and he he almost quit. He was ready to quit. He thought he wasn't the right guy. And during that Montgomery bus boycott, right after Rosa Parks sat on that bus and protested, uh, just a couple months after that, he'd received over 40 death threats a day, his phone ringing in, in his house, of people saying, we're gonna kill your kids, we're gonna kill you, we're coming after your wife, he was arrested, and in the middle of all that, he, he, he gives uh, an account of an evening where he sat at his dinner table. His wife was asleep, and he sat down, and he wrote this in one of his books. He said, I was ready to give up with my cup of coffee sitting untouched before me. I, I tried to think of a way to move out of the picture with, without appearing a coward. In a state of exhaustion, when my courage had all but gone, I... I decided to take my problem to God. What, what, if you, what if you took your problem to God? With my head in my hands, I bowed over the kitchen table and I prayed aloud. The words I spoke to God that midnight are still vivid in my memory. I'm here taking a stand for what I believe is right, but now I am afraid People are looking to me for leadership, and if I stand before them without strength and courage, they're they're gonna falter. I'm at the end of my powers, I have nothing left. I've come to the point where I can't face it alone. At that moment, I experienced the presence, the presence of the divine as I had never experienced God before. It seemed as though I, I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying, stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. God will be at your side forever. Almost at once, my fears began to go. My uncertainty disappeared. I was ready to face anything. God is present because you are precious to God. The angel said it this way to Daniel in verse 12. Don't be afraid. Since the very first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, say this with me, what your request has been heard in heaven. Come on, heaven has heard your prayer. As come, somebody say amen to that. Heaven has heard your prayer. I have come in answer to your prayer. Daniel's got questions. He's looking for understanding. And God says, my answer is my presence. That's what God is saying to you today. The answer to your prayer is my presence. I am present. The angel said, I have come in answer to your prayer. Not not with an answer but I have come in answer. There, there's, there's no secret formula to unlocking God's favor, his blessing, or answers to your prayer. Like you think, okay, uh, church is doing 22 days. I'm going to do 23. I'm just going to do one extra day. That'll get God to answer my prayer. I'm going to build out a prayer closet. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to get pillows. I'm going to get some candles, some essential oils frankincense and myrrh because I know that works for Jesus. So I'm going to have that as my essential oils. Get that burning in there. If you did that for me, if you set that up for me, I'm not praying. I'm taking a nap. That's what I'm doing. That's a napping closet for me. I was, I was 19 years old the very first time I ever fasted and prayed. 19. So I've been fasting for a couple of years. <laughs> Just leave it at that. I was 19, uh, newly married and had a a newborn son and life was pretty hard and I had started my radio career, um, but I got passed over for a promotion and I was frustrated because they, I deserved the promotion, but they didn't grant it to me and I was pretty ticked off about it. So I quit because when you're 19, you do stupid. That's just what you do i got a wife and a kid. I'm going to quit my job. Yeah, that's what you do when you're 19. So I did, um, but, and, and I was struggling to find another job, and so I thought I'd heard about prayer and fasting my, my whole life because I was born, literally born into the church. And I said, I'm going to try fasting. So <laughs> I said, I'm not going to eat until I get a job. Do you remember this, Laura? Do you remember this mom? Do you remember? Laura's mom, remember? I, and I did. I, I'm not, and I, I don't know how long it was. It was several weeks where I just was not eating. And at that point, I weighed 156 pounds before the fast. So I'm on this fast. Easter comes. And, they are, and Laura's mom, she made this beautiful spread ham and, and mashed potatoes and pie. And I sat there and didn't eat anything. Didn't eat anything. Because I thought, well, if I don't eat, then God will answer my prayer. There is no magic formula. The magic formula is given to us really here by Daniel, and that is to humble yourself. Just simply humble. God, I don't know how long I'm supposed to pray and fast. I don't know if it's 10 days, 22 days. I don't know if it's one meal a day, a week. I don't know. Somebody's asking me the other day, Brad, how long are you going? You're praying and fasting? What are you going to do? And I'm going, well, this is what I think I'm going to do. And I'm kind of asking God, and this is what I think I'm going to do. And I, here's what I do. I just start my prayer and fast. This is what I'm going to try to do. And, and then I do it until God tells me to stop. Or at least sense that God tells me to stop. Well, Brad, does God come down and say, stop thee, thy fast? <laughs> no. I just have a sense. And I think, okay, I think, and I, and I know, okay, I don't think I'm supposed to be fasting anymore. There, there's no magic formula I can tell you that when I I eventually just said, I'm going to eat, I'm 19, I need to eat. There's no magic formula to getting that. It's simply humbling yourself. That's what Daniel did. He humbled himself. I want you to write this down. Practice presence. Practice presence. In other words, I've said this before, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes progress. I say practice presence because I'm not huge. I'm not a big intercessor. It's not my gift. My gift is not prayer and intercession, okay? Some of you have that gift of prayer and intercession. You're like, I just can't wait for this season. Oh, why can't we do 40 days, Brad? It'd be amazing. 22 days. the you the know, rookie. I mean, that's what, the, that's what the intercessors are saying. And, and they're like, you know, the, when I talked about a prayer closet, they're like, oh, man, I've got a prayer house. I've got a prayer shed. I mean, they just... I, that's not me, though. I'm not that person. And, and everybody, my pastor friends, and people think I'm the prayer guy, and I don't know how I'm the prayer guy. I, I, the, the reason I'm the prayer guy is because I know I don't have it all together, and I need Jesus. That's all I know. I know it from when the time I was 19 until the time that I'm a little bit older now. I need Jesus. And so I'm going to seek him with whatever I have. And all I know is that when I pray and when I fast, he enters in with his presence. And it's beautiful and it is amazing. But I can tell you this, there's so many times I have to practice his presence because I sit down and whether I'm praying and fasting or frankly, sometimes when I'm just reading the Bible on a daily basis and praying, can can I say this? I don't sense his presence. Is that okay for me to say that? Like days, sometimes weeks. I'm praying and I got nothing. Uh, every prayer just falls flat. I read something and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, but what I've learned to do is practice presence. I just trust. I'm here. I just trust you're here. <laughs> I don't know, God, I'm trying. I don't have all the answers, God. I can't figure this out. I don't know what to do. I need your help. <sighs> okay, I, and I just learn to sit. Even when I don't sense him there, I just trust that he is. Because he is. So if you want to experience his presence, you got to make room. You gotta make room for his presence. And that's what Daniel did. He made room. He fasted and he prayed for three weeks. He made room. But if you read in the book of Daniel, you'll also see that Daniel had a daily practice. He prayed three times a day. Could you imagine that? Three specific times every day. In fact, that's where the Jewish people get their custom of praying three times a day from Daniel. You're like, that's inconvenient. Praying three times a day, that's inconvenient, but it's an inconvenient faith. And remember that convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. And if you want to hear from God and you want to do business with God and you want to see God do great things, you want to see breakthroughs and you want to see miracles, you got to be willing to be inconvenienced. That's why we're doing this season of prayer and fasting. That's why we're gathering on Friday night. Friday night, right now you're like, I'm here. I'm going to be here. It's going to be great. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to get off work on Friday, and you're going to be like, I'm exhausted. And it's going to be inconvenient for you to come. You're like, man, I'm all in. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm taking an hour. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do it. And then and then you uh, and then, then you got to do it. And I can tell you this, that whether it's 3 a.m., which sounds like it's incredibly inconvenient, or 3 p.m., both times are inconvenient. You're not going to want to get up at 3 a.m., and at 3 p.m., you're going to have a lot to do. It's going to be inconvenient. Praying for 22 days, we're doing the 22 and 22 challenge. During the 22 days of prayer and fasting, what if you took 22 minutes every single day and pushed back the world, pushed it back, and just sat with God? That's going to be inconvenient. Inconvenient. I don't know what 2022 holds for you. I only know this, that God promises you his presence each and every day. Would you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer and communion. One of the things I want to do, most of you know that I have used the Lord's prayer every day. And in my practicing his presence, I use the Lord's prayer as a guide. I just thought it would be good for us to read the Lord's Prayer together as we prepare to receive the sacraments. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.